everyone, I'm Anna Newton. And I'm Lily Pebbles. And welcome back to At Home With. And we're actually on episode seven. And we have one of our most highly requested guests coming up in today's podcast. Like, seriously requested. Seriously requested. Everyone on Instagram DM was guessing this one. Yeah, you guys are going to love it. But first, let's have a chat about last week's episode, which was with our style goddess that is Lucy Williams. And we have a couple of our favourite comments to shout out. RJ Alyssa on Twitter wrote, such a great and inspiring episode to accompany me this morning on my drive from Kent to Birmingham. B-Town, one of my faves. (laughs) Sarah M on Twitter wrote, just listened and I'm now rethinking today's outfit. Buzzwords, cool, easy, marching to the sound of my own drum. Loved this. Oh my God, that's so cool. I love that. I also saw a tweet which I love that said, declined a lift to work so I can listen to At Home With whilst I walk. Loving the new series. Oh, I saw this one had like a really good gif with it. Yeah. Like, like a guy with headphones on, like, mm-t, 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 with his headphones <laughs> we love on. A gif. Yep, I love that one. You guys really enjoyed getting to know her a bit more. And I think most of us had a pretty mega shopping list after listening. So if you missed last week's episode and your wardrobe needs a bit of a rejig, then it's definitely worth catching up. As always, we'd love to hear what you think. So contact us using the hashtag at home with and drop us a tweet or Instagram message and we'll read some of our favourites out in next week's episode. Plus, you can subscribe. It's totally free on either iTunes or Acast. Rate and review us if you're liking what you hear. And if you're missing the visuals, then have a listen on Acast as we stick all the photos of our guests' homes up on there. So we have a bit of a confession to make. (laughs) Confession time. Confession time. We normally record these episodes on a Monday. Yeah, to go up that Wednesday. Yeah, to go up that Wednesday. We record the intro and outro on those days. And today is a Wednesday. <laughs> so it's only two days after the last one. So yeah, me and Lily are like, hey, how you doing? We know everything about your life. We saw you two days ago. Literally, I'm having a great time seeing Anna twice in one week. But the reason is because we are going away this Friday. You're going to see me more than twice in a week. You would have seen me for like five days out of this whole week. Oh, I'm such an Anna fan girl. <laughs> Go on, tell them where we're going. Okay, Lily and I are going to Ibiza. Whoop, whoop. That just makes me want to go, whoa, we're we're going going to Ibiza. Ibiza. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) back to the island. Oh my God, who knew this was going to happen? We're like clicking (laughs) and dancing. (laughs) We're so excited. We're going with one of our favourite makeup brands, NARS. NARS Cosmetics, I'm sure you've heard of it. You know, NARS Orgasm Blusher, that amazing stuff. And I've never been to Ibiza before. I've been once before, back in 2009, before I even started blogging. What? So I I hardly have any photos because who took photos back then? (laughs) (laughs) Did you go clubbing? We went to like a sunset beach bar, but we stayed in like a villa. There was lots of like orange picking. Oh, that sounds very civilized. It was quite civilized. I feel like this trip would be quite different because this time, not only are we together, but we get to take Mark and Rich. We get to take Mark and Rich. It never happens. It's Mark's first press trip. He's very excited. Oh He's God. bought a whole new capture wardrobe I know, for Rich, Ibiza. Same. Rich did some modeling the other day, but he did like an ASOS haul and he was like, do you like this pink linen shirt? <laughs> and he's bought like turquoise swimming shorts with penguins on it's all very cute hasn't he bought new shoes as well because we were walking down the road and mark was like oh my god that guy's trainers i love them i was gonna buy them but rich has just bought them oh, they're, ba- they're like me they're and like you us. oh my god <laughs> like me and you which i thought was so sweet so when you're listening to this we would have just come back from ibiza we'll probably be very tired and have big dark circles around our eyes or maybe not maybe we'll be a little bit tanned <laughs> i'm like the optimist like maybe we'll be tanned and yeah i don't think we'll be drinking alcohol anytime soon maybe not so that's kind of what I've been up to this week like gearing up for a busy week ahead because we go to Ibiza and then I get back and the next day I've got my best friend's wedding 
Oh, how did your speech prep go? So basically, for those of you listening, my friend Keisha's getting married. If you watch my videos, you'll probably know Keisha. She's a model. She's going to look unreal. unreal. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. But I'm a bridesmaid, and so are a couple of my other friends, and we're doing a speech. I've never done a speech at a wedding before. Like, I know my job involves public own. speaking. I've done a, Yeah, I did a speech of my own, but I knew every single person in the room. Yeah. Quite, kind of different. So we've been practicing. We practiced last night. Because we're all like best friends, we get so distracted. It took us like an hour until we started even talking about the speech. We're just talking about everything else. But I think it's going to be all right. I think it's going to be all right. Hopefully people will be drunk by the time we get to ours. Do you get the giggles? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, we really do get the giggles. Especially because in our speech, we talk a lot about like reminiscing of like our childhood. And there's just so many funny things that just make me laugh. So that's me. Have you been up to anything else since I saw you two days ago? Um, Lily is basically setting me up for this because when I got back from the recording on Monday, along with some bits for Ibiza that a friend had dropped off, a HelloFresh box was there. Now this segment is not sponsored by HelloFresh, but Lily has been going on at me for like six solid months about using a bloody food box delivery service. And I have to say, I didn't even cook a meal. I just went online straight away and like subscribed to the service and was like, yeah, this is awesome. And so now when we get back to Ibiza, there'll be three dinners waiting for me on my doorstep. Oh my God. Unless someone takes them. (laughs) So what did you eat last night? Last night we had a leek and potato gratin (gasps) with goat's cheese and it was so good. I'm actually jealous because there was leftovers and Mark took them to work. We should have like flipped a coin or something because that would have been really handy for lunch. I'm so glad you like it. I knew you would. Oh God, this is the thing. Like I take a bit of convincing, but then once I get there, I'm fully involved. I also did a supermarket online food shop and Lily is just like a proud mum right I'm now. like pulling my hair out and it takes <laughs> and it takes like a year to convince her to do something and then she does it and she's like I love it I'm like I know I'm like, I knew online you food shopping guys it's a new thing and I absolutely <laughs> love it oh my god there you go Ibiza and food shopping and weddings and weddings lots of extremes there but on to this week's episode which is with midwife slash Instagrammer slash author extraordinaire Clemmie Hooper who is definitely one of our most requested guests and so many of you guests that we've been to visit her to record this so I feel like this is the one that you've all been waiting for. I mean when I put on my stories like on the train going to interview someone for at home with all of my DMs were like oh my god is it mothers of daughters? I've never had so many messages as we did for Clemmie. Same we've been dying to get her on the podcast because even though we're not mums ourselves we really enjoy keeping up to date with her life as a mum of four so that's two daughters and then two twin girls they are so cute (laughs) hence her online name mothers of daughters. Along with her husband Simon who is known as father of daughters see what they did there they've grown one of the biggest followings in the UK as parenting content creators and they recently moved out of London and to the seaside so we wanted to get the lowdown on that and hear all about their new home. There is a lot of interiors chat going on here as Clemmie is big into that. And if you're thinking of starting a gallery wall, you're going to want to hear the tips in this one. Of course, we chatted to her about sharing her life online, how she feels where the privacy boundaries are and her recent hiatus. And she took a break from the online world. It's really interesting. It's a long one for sure. Trust me, we cut this one down a fair amount too. But it's worth a listen if you're a mum, if you're expecting or if you're just nosy like us. I absolutely loved going to Clemmie's house. It was so nice to finally meet her. Her house was so so nice didn't you have the best time it was amazing and we had a proper house tour afterwards and it was just so relaxed I just left feeling like in such a good mood after we met her her home is beautiful her story is great and I feel like she's really honest and open in this in this podcast same I think you guys are gonna love it so here it is at home with Clemmy Hooper (laughs) 
and I just stepped in dog poo. <laughs> and I had to run back to the park to wipe my shoe on grass and now I'm mortified that I'm going into Clemmie's house with smelly shoes on. It's the fact that you're wearing Birkenstocks oh. as well and they're just such a... Oh, there's a lot of surface shoe. area on oh, the bottom yeah, of that shoe. I'm mortified. She did DM me to say her doorbell isn't working to give it a firm knock. A firm knock. So I'm going to try my best. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to meet... Neither of us have met her. Neither of us have met her before, but I'm so excited about this one. I've got a lot of people who are like, oh my God. Yeah, same. We've been DMing for a while, so I feel like it's time to take our friendship to the next level. I mean, I like all of her Instagrams, literally. <laughs> Especially the ones of her home, so this is really exciting. She said she might be able to see us out the window. Has she got wow. pets? You're going to be taking notes, aren't you? I can tell already Lily's going to be taking notes for her own house. Okay, ready for my firm knock? Yeah. Oh, that kind of hurt. <laughs> Oh, I can hear something. Hello! Hi! Hi! You jingle it like <laughs> journalist. <laughs> I've never spoken to a guest so much before starting to record, just so you know, we, like, couldn't, we couldn't stop talking. But before we talk about your home, we wanted to talk about your career or careers, yeah. should I say, because yeah. you do... A million different things. And I think what's so fascinating about following you online is that you're not just a busy mum, you're a busy working mum who also happens to have a job that everyone is so fascinated by. I know I've always been, I've got a friend who's a midwife and I'm just like always asking her a million questions. <laughs> so what was it that initially made you want to start like sharing your life online? Well, it all came in a weird order really. So Instagram is like the last thing that happened in terms of like my social media. So I went to university and trained to be a midwife, um, met my husband at university, and then we found out we were having an unplanned baby mm. at 22. I was pregnant with Anya, who's now 11. So we just finished uni and were living together and then found out um, about that. And we were like, oh, goodness. <laughs> Obviously, it worked out for the best. <laughs> so my first kind of platform was my blog. So when I was on maternity leave after I had my second daughter, Marnie, I started a blog called Gas and Air and it was a, an idea that I had in my head that I wanted to do a blog. I always really enjoyed writing. A friend of mine who was my neighbour had just started a really successful food blog with her sister. So blogs were still super new. Like I didn't really know what a blog was. You know, people were just like, what's a blog? I didn't even know how to set it up. But she helped me and she was a journalist and she was like, you should write something about midwifery because... If you have a speciality as a profession, wherever you go and wherever you are, weddings, birthdays, insane spheres, if people know what you do, people want to ask you. And I was finding that, like, I was a mum, so all my mum friends would ask me stuff about pregnancy. And I was like, why aren't people asking their real midwives in real life? And also people, because I was still young, people were like, are you really a midwife? I thought all midwives were like old (laughs) and I was like no of course yeah I'm a midwife and I'm a mum as well and I think people liked that I I guess people have said I'm quite personable approachable chatty friendly and like I guess I can talk about well I can talk about anything you know poo giving birth it's just like (laughs) bleeding tears all of that I can just crack on because that's my job and it doesn't faze me whereas I think still women are really embarrassed by asking a lot of things a lot of the literature I found was quite old-fashioned. So when you Google stuff, lots of American websites come up, which are very different to British. Like, the information that we give is very different to the American system. And also, people were looking at quite old-fashioned books. Like, there just wasn't really kind of like a modern 
voice to midwifery, I guess. Mm. Yet there's so many really cool modern midwives. I was just like, why is no one doing it? So that was my platform. My blog was my thing. And it was just about midwifery and a bit about motherhood. And the sharing side, I used to blog about once a week. A couple of posts went viral. And then over the like kind of the course of about two years, like magazines would ask me to write little things for them midwife's tips like your top tips on packing your hospital bag or like preparing for birth I guess they just wanted to have that like voice and then a publisher who was on maternity leave at the time said that she really liked my blog and she loved me to write a book so I carried on my blog but then it kind of went quiet because I was writing and then I found out I was pregnant with the twins when I was writing my book and then I started sharing and then that's when Instagram was coming up a little bit and it just was changing. So this is what, like two and a half years ago. And being a pregnant mum of twins, I really wanted to find other pregnant or other mums with twins who had possibly got two other children because I just was like, I have no idea how this is going <laughs> to change our lives. We knew that they were girls. And then obviously it was all about having all girls. And I just found loads of really great twin mums. And the more I sort of shared, the more followers I got and the more people wanted to listen and then people connected that I was the midwife who used to write the blog and it all kind of just slotted together there wasn't really like some big I don't know like brainstorm or kind of strategy meeting I didn't have even an agent then it was all just like oh I guess people with motherhood I think people want to hear what's going on and they're like honesty and I was always up for sharing yeah it just happened the whole like mother of daughters father of daughters thing did that come about after you found out you were having twins yeah so my handle was midwifey hooper okay (laughs) (laughs) when the twins were a couple of months old I think they were like maybe two months old Simon then decided to join Instagram he didn't have an Instagram account this Mm -hmm. is only two years ago and he was like where are the dads there's such a massive like mum network online where are the dads and I was like why I don't know and he's like well I'm gonna like do an account called Father of Daughters. And I was like, okay, cool. He had some really clever ideas, quite funny, but quite like chatty and just normal and just showed the highs and lows of it all. After a couple of months, I was on maternity leave with the twins. So naturally I was sharing more about motherhood rather than being a midwife because I wasn't working. You just share what your content is and what you're doing. And I was like, oh, maybe I should like formulate mine. So it's Mother of Daughters. But it was honestly as like, Quick thinking is that, and then I just did a name change. I was like, by the way, my account's not called Mother of Daughters. Then I think that's when the kind of brand, people call us a brand, which is really cringe. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that's where it happened, because he was sharing his side, I was sharing mine, and I guess our name was more of a collective. That's so interesting. So it's only been two years for our Instagram but I've been like doing social media on a blog for years because of the way Instagram is you start following someone you don't always know the story behind Mm. I think sometimes people look at I know you hate the word influencer as well (laughs) creative content creator content creator I don't know whatever they look at like what you are now and you're like no no there's been like yeah. Like years of writing. It's always working. the ones that were kind of accidental and grew organically. Exactly. That are the most authentic. And I think the so. They're Robins. the ones I enjoy following yeah. the most. I think you can tell when it's happened. If you'd started Mother of Daughters, Father of Daughters with the whole like purpose, it just, it wouldn't yeah. have been the same. No. Also, you can't plan having four beautiful daughters. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea that Simon came to you and was like, yeah, I'm going to start an Instagram. And you're like, yeah, sure, sure thing, hon. That's a really cute yeah. idea. And then like and he asked years me later. for a shout out. <laughs> so I did like, a, this is Simon. He's called Father of Daughters. Give him a follow. Oh, yeah, because he's got how many followers he's now? He's like, like nearly on a million or something. That's amazing. It just shows that there's a market for 
that kind of thing for dads yeah. like it's amazing yeah. how do your colleagues find it other midwives at work yeah well, how did they at the beginning when you first started were they like what are you doing well I think because I'd always done my blog they were all for that and they really enjoyed it and they'd be like oh I was sharing your blog and like I've had like guest blog posts from colleagues on there and most of them are just like it's it's a really good platform for midwives to use their knowledge and share things because yeah. like you know things change so much in guidelines for women with pregnancy and birth and it's a really good way of keeping it really current and I think that's what's really good about social media and then the Instagram and I was on mat leave I think most of them just quite liked seeing like the twins and then Simon was like the funny one they're like oh I love watching Simon he's so funny <laughs> I kind of forget that people follow me so I'll be at work and then someone's like god I saw a comment the other day that you got over that I'm like oh yeah I kind of forget you follow me because when I'm at work I'm just in such work mode there's no how do you find switching between the two so a friend comes to you for advice yeah how do you switch between friend advice midwife advice or is it just is Um, it blurs between the two I think it depends on what they're asking you and I think it depends on what kind of person they are sometimes my friends will go I need you to give your absolute 100% honest advice and if they've asked my 100% advice, I'll, I'll tell them. Yeah. And, you know, that's like life, isn't it? People ask for your advice. They don't necessarily do what you say. But if they're in a bit of a kind of state and they're getting different advice from different people, I'll just kind of break it down and maybe help them find the right person they need to speak to and look online and find out if there's like a consultant midwife there that can help them and will steer them in the right direction. I don't want to like step on people's toes, especially mm. if they're at another hospital where I don't work because mm. every hospital has a slightly different system. Helpful could be to that. have around yeah. <laughs> and also with your content like is the line blurred between just being like another mum giving her advice and thoughts and being a professional midwife do you have to kind of I'm be careful really ca- yeah I'm really yeah. careful like whenever I do midwifery posts I keep it very general I mean you must get this as well guys I get so many dms the dms is quite a Ooh, Instagram DMs, it's an interesting place. It's really <laughs> yeah. stressful isn't it and uh, there's like the two dm boxes isn't there there's yeah. the ones you can you don't have to accept and then there's the other box and then I get DMs in there like what shall I do like can you give me and I just don't reply because I can't yeah but even I did, reading but... it is, puts on a pressure yeah sometimes you I know, just we, don't look we'll get a message being like that bronzer you recommended wasn't matte it was glittery and that's really not compared to you can you imagine <laughs> like it's not a big deal it's makeup it's fashion whatever but if you're getting yeah. people messaging you saying is my baby okay? Yeah. Like, that's a whole other level of responsibility. I think some people get it. Well, I'll get like, I know you can't, you're not supposed to give advice, but... And I'm just like... <laughs> yeah. I did put a post up, I did on stories a couple of months ago, saying like, please don't send me DMs. I can't reply to them. Yeah. And there was one girl and she'd had some bleeding. She was like nine or ten weeks. And she was like, I've had some bleeding, what should I do? And I didn't see her message. And I saw it a couple of days later and then I was... Then I'd seen it, so then I was like, now what do I do? So I just messaged her, I was like, I'm so sorry, like, I'm not, I'm not the NHS direct. Gosh. No. So I have to be really strict with that, and if I'm talking about midwifery, or if I'm talking about anything, it's, it's general, and it's kind of like, it's more a tip rather than like, this is your advice. Yeah, you have to kind of cover your ass with that for sure. What's your current setup with work? So you've written a book recently back in April that came out. You do blogging, but you still do midwifery. Yeah. How often do you do that? So I'm working one day a week. So I was working yesterday. So I work in London. So you commute to London to Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like the busiest person ever. I don't understand how you do it I reckon you're busier. No way. No way. <laughs> like, no way. This is like my one job. You basically are doing two jobs and... No, three. Yeah, I guess. Three yeah. jobs, I would oh, say. I'm doing three jobs. 
Trust me, you look after four children. Like. That's like four <laughs> yeah. jobs. So, uh, so that's my favourite part, the fact that you probably thought you were just going to have one more. I know. <laughs> when people are like, I was going to have a third, but then I remembered you had a third and it was twins, so I didn't have a third. Oh my God. And they're not the type that are like hereditary. No. They're just... A random. <gasps> so can we talk about the book? Because that's your yeah. most recent project. Yeah. That came out in April. It's called How to Grow a Baby Journal. Yeah. Tell us about that. So my friends are finally having babies, like my age friends from school, which is so fun because I just love it, especially now I've done it. Yeah, you're like, come on, guys, I've waited like eight years. Yeah, hurry up. And they're all getting up the daft, but it's great. So like when I often try and see my friends quite close to when they're about to have a baby and I take like gifts for them, never for the baby. I don't buy the baby anything. I used to give my friends like a really nice notebook, go to like Liberty and get them a gorgeous notebook, a candle, some really nice treatment for them, often some like aromatherapy oils. Because I think it's really nice to write things down. I used to do loads of journaling as a teenager and writing a diary. And I I have this like weird fear that we're all going to forget how to write. (laughs) You know when you were a kid and it was the summer holidays and then you go back to school and you're like, Oh, I haven't written for like six weeks. Yeah. And well, with now like we go months. Like how good is like a thank you card in yeah. the post? We like both the, we both love thank I you love cards. A thank you card. And I, love... I write to my granny, like those kind of things. Aww. But I do feel like we're gonna lose the art of writing. And when my mum had us, I'm one of three, she had a baby book which you would fill in. I think they were quite big in the 80s. We were about yeah, the same age. Yeah, I had one. I've got one, yeah. I mean, they're so, so tragic. I've got a bit of hair stuck yes. by sellotape in mine. It's disgusting. Like, I first like, haircut. Hospital first. tag. Yeah. Oh, I've got the hospital tag. And there's like a, a little chintzy sort of duck in oh, the corner, oh, like an just, illustration just of really Also, the last yeah. page of mine is a really graphic photo. My mum had a water birth with me. Oh my God, did it's she? It's just like a bloody bath. And oh, I remember as a kid oh, looking at it being born? like traumatised. 87. God, that was really like I know, my dad wore a Hawaiian shirt and there's music in the playing. Hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that was me. But yeah, this photo like traumatised me as a kid because I'd l- flick through my little album, get to the back and be like, ah! ah there I am. <laughs> like, like an I had really long fingers. <laughs> I have to show you one down. Oh. <laughs> I think what's nice about your book though is it's not about the measurements of the baby necessarily yeah. it's about the emotions you feel yeah. and that's really nice well yeah, I want you... women to document their pregnancy it wasn't obviously for me to write you know it's got intros into each bit but I'm like well this is your pregnancy so it's a keepsake for them or for you as a woman to write to keep to look back and have as like a memory as well you have really nice like emotional questions like how did you feel when you're in the waiting room yeah and you have a really funny one that's like did your partner make any inappropriate funny yeah, comments there's, I mean, there's always a funny story if you ask women women have always got like simon used to make really inappropriate comments at my scans i was like oh my goodness sometimes i was like oh you don't need to come to the scan but well, so. during the scan that was his like little comedic moment yeah like one scan he rocked up in his full cycling lycra <laughs> And that place is my work. And it's just like, I can see the outline of your penis. I'm at work. This oh is just, it's like, could you not put like your bike helmet in front? It was just so Covering inappropriate. It's like, well, I cycled here. I was like, can you not just put a sweatshirt know, over it or something? Like... Yeah, just a little bit of covering up. He used to be like, and he'd always be like, oh, is there only two? There's not a third one hiding. And you're just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. And then they tell him, they, when they told him it was girls, he was just like, 
I knew it. I knew it'd be girls again. <laughs> Do you know what though? I think that would be my dad's dream because he's got. Oh, actually, I'm one of three. You're girls. one of three girls. I'm one of two girls. My dad is like, I don't want a grandson. They're smelly. They're horrible. Oh. Like my dad is so pro girl. No pressure. Because so, yeah, yeah, I'm like, sorry, dad. There's a fifty-fifty chance. My, there. my dad's always said he's outnumbered because the three girls and the dog's always been female. Girls love their dads. Oh mm. yeah. Yeah, we're both daddy's girls. We're both daddy's girls. Yeah. Sorry, you know, you got four, four daddy's I'm girls. I'm fine with them being daddy's girls. I'm like, yep, that's fine. What's your favourite part of the journal? Is there like a bit that you love? Um, well, people share them a bit on Instagram, but I would love to read someone's journal that they've completed. Because yeah. I feel like I've given you the journal, but it's only half done because it's not my journal. I've got a friend who's due very soon and she's been amazing and has written in her journal, so I would love to read one. Because it's kind of like the private version of blogging. I know. Would you ever let anyone read your pregnancy journal? Yeah, I don't yeah. mind, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. You're an open book. Speaking of which, yeah. privacy and the internet. Yeah. Your blog started off as documenting birth stories. Yeah. But then since then, it's grown into your fashion, your taste, your interiors, yeah. your family, your life. How do you find that, like, cut-off point of sharing and not sharing? I think my husband's a slightly more oversharer. I think he now does more than I do. And because we're both doing it, I'm a bit more like, if we're both putting out content about our family and our life, maybe I just need to pull back on mine. It's difficult, isn't it? Sometimes I'm like, oh, have I overshared that? But then the things I talk about passionately, which then become an oversharing moment, the response I get from it is other women are like, oh, God, I'm so glad you've said that because I feel like that. And it's always those things. It's when you're so honest with really putting yourself out It's a risk because you'll do those honest things and either you'll get an amazing reaction or, like, it'll cause some sort of drama and you just don't know. Like, I always feel that way. I'm like, is it worth taking that risk? (laughs) I know. And you never know what's going to flip it or not. Like, some things you're like, ooh, and no one, like, says anything. And then some things you put out and you're like... Really? Oh, touchy subject. I mean, I just always accept there's always going to be that one slash ten. Yeah. Like, people are like, there's always that one person. I'm like, there is. But I just think if you've got a lot of followers, you have to just accept that's what it's for. Me and Lily feel really lucky to do what we do, but be of a level that we're quite under the radar. There's people who are much bigger than us. Mm. Like, you you go, girl. You go for (laughs) it. But with what you're doing, you're kind of top of your game. So it is being that trailblazer and being the one that everyone looks at. And you're kind of like, just let me be. I <laughs> Set the example, make yeah. the mistakes first. And everyone else like learns from what you do. Like, I know. I did get someone, I, someone was like, oh, I see you as like the sixth former. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> the sixth, that's yeah. really good. That's a good Like of the motherhood it. You're thing. the Zoella yeah. of mummy blogging. Oh, my God. <laughs> and also, there's so many amazing mum bloggers. The problem is there's so many now. And I think there's a lot of like people with a smaller following that have got amazing content, much better than mine, that put in way more effort than me. And just like, you know, I don't even use a proper camera. Like, I'm not a proper blogger. I always like those, so like, I just snap and go. I don't even have much planning with my content. Not, I don't think that's what makes someone a proper blogger. Well, I think they just about, take it maybe more seriously. I don't even do unboxing. Like it. Yeah, because it is authentic. I have an unboxing ban now. I've made that <laughs> ban. I'm like, I'm never going to open my mail. Yeah, I think it's just about the content and how engaged your audience are. But me and Anna have had our fair share of dramas and awful gossip forums talking about mm. us. And we've made mistakes along the way. But... What is it about like mummy blogging and parent blogging? Because it seems to just be so much more harsh than any other category when it comes to blogging. Like, is it possible to be a mum blogger without the drama? Parenting is the most divisive thing that happens when it comes... Online and offline, I guess. In life. Yeah. It's the most divisive thing. So I did a post yesterday about, we're just starting to potty train the twins. 
but most people wanted tips or sharing tips. It was great. And people were talking and like engaging together about their journey. And twin mums were saying like how they found it. And I was like, this is so useful. This is like what the internet's amazing for. And then I get comments like, oh, they're a bit young, aren't they? I'm like, what's it to do with you? And then I got the whole thing about like buying their knickers in Primark and whether that was ethical or not. And then I got people oh going God. like, no, Primark's really ethical. And then I had other people going, Primark's really not ethical. And I'm I like, replied to this one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh God, I'm at work. I don't know. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to read some websites. I don't know what's ethical anymore. Yeah, you're like, I just want to buy some pants. I know. And then but my twins. Was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. But it was the ones like, why are you doing it now? And then someone said, why are you doing it when they're at nursery? Shouldn't you be doing it when they're at home? Yeah. I'm like, but their routine is they go to nursery on Mondays. And their nursery teachers, who are way more experienced than me, said to us last week, they're ready to be potty trained. They're two and a half. It's advice They're asking to go to... They're offering. And yeah. I was just like, okay, what do I do? And they're like, just bring in their clothes and we'll like help them through it. That's amazing. It's an offer of help. But I wasn't even saying, hi guys, um, <laughs> I need some advice. Are they too young to be potty trained? What's the right age? That's the thing. I wasn't even asking. I was just like, oh God. You know, I was just kind of opening up, you know, discussion for yeah. other mums to be... And it was... Br- most of it was brilliant. Yeah. Like, there's some subjects I will never discuss. Two years ago, possibly. Now, I will never discuss... Like, I will I never ask, discuss like, feeding. I'll never discuss breast bottle feeding. I'm just never going to go there. Wow. You just like mic drop. I'm just like no, whatever. Yeah. I will never discuss sleeping, co-sleeping, where you put your baby. I'm just not interested. It's I'm, just not worth the hassle. It you know, the, like. <laughs> this is just so much more personal. There's so much more emotion attached. You know, if I get a DM saying you really should have painted your ceiling the same as your walls, I'm not going to get offended by that. I'd be and like, also, it's eh. your house, and you've got to yeah. love it and live it. But if someone says you really shouldn't be potty training your child at that age, that's like. Piss off, my well, child. It's not a ceiling, it's like your actual human <laughs> exactly. flesh and blood. It's a completely human. another level. Not to dwell on your recent break oh, from yeah. social media. The hiatus. Did you take that time just to, I feel like we sometimes need this as well, time away to just go back to not your mission statement because there never was a mission statement. Yeah. You just started to share what you wanted yeah. to share. But was it time out just to recalibrate, work things through in your head a bit? Exactly. Take a rest? It was all of that. Before I actually disabled my account, I came off Instagram in the sense that I just deleted the app from my phone and didn't put any posts out for a while. But the issues I was dealing with weren't going away. And I was just like, I just need to literally shut it down mm-hmm. and decide what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And exactly, like going back to kind of... Have you ever like come off social media for like... I've had a month off. Have you? When I was writing my book, I had a bit of a breakdown. and was like, I can't do... you literally do nothing? I didn't like go... I went on social media occasionally just to look, but I didn't post anything on any social media or YouTube, whatever, yeah. for a whole month. But I didn't like delete my account like I don't even know physically how you did that I said that and I was like why didn't you just not go on like I can't believe you deleted your account you have to do it on a computer you can't do it on a phone unbelievable really? yeah and then there's a drop down <laughs> list of reasons why you're doing it but then you oh, can just really come back and everything's still there yeah if you disable it yeah if you delete it no very impressive see I did a month away over Christmas and we were on honeymoon and I was just enjoying myself and I was like I did don't you find want... it weird I really enjoyed it because it's the pressure of you're enjoying the moment but actually you have to share that you're enjoying the moment and it was like actually I'm just enjoying the moment and I don't care if there's no pictures but did you find initially you went to pick up your phone yeah 100% I found it really interesting because that first week it was like I kept going to get my phone second week I completely forgot about it and then by like the fourth week I kind of wanted to come back and I was excited and I was like Mm. that shows that I still want to do this yeah Yeah. exactly I had to want to come back enough to Mm. Simon was getting so many like DMs and comments like where is Clemmy I know 
and it becomes after like a while he warning. was like I think I need to say something because I think people might think you've like left me and like, oh. <laughs> yeah he did a post and he was like she's just taking a break I wasn't really sure what response I was going to get by coming back I was like people are going to be like oh, here she comes or like not notice and the response was like phenomenal and I was like oh okay like it sounds really like really naff I did learn loads from coming off it it did make me realize like things that I was doing that wasn't making me happy and how much time I spent on social media and time wasting do you have that app what's the one you made me I've deleted oh, it it's a horrible moment. moment and it tracks how no long way. you're on your phone for and my mum was like six seven hours a day and I was like, I deleted the app I was like I can't also, you're like, this. how have you done that but like I'm much more disciplined now with it as well how much I post how much I look at it put my phone on airplane mode is my favorite thing yeah I love that. I think it's also good advice to people who consume the content because obviously there's a reason why you've got this many followers. Everyone's into it. Everyone's absorbing yeah. it, taking it in. And it is actually like, maybe we all should just take a chill pill, take a step yeah, back I and think... just relax a bit more with it. How much we're consuming. I thought I'd like miss loads. I was like, oh my God, what have I missed? Nothing. Mm, yeah. Nothing. You don't miss anything. The world keeps turning. The world keeps turning, life goes on, and also I had a really big cull recently, so I was thinking about this. If Instagram is the first thing you look at on your phone in the morning, or do you look at BBC News, or do you look at Sky News, or Twitter, or whatever, you need to make that your morning paper. I was just following accounts for like no reason, they weren't doing anything for me. I now follow way more interior accounts, I started following more fashion accounts but actually like brands rather than people and then I unfollowed loads of accounts that whenever I saw them I would just scroll on and also tricking the algorithm and I'll go back and find accounts that I loved and I was like where's that account gone yeah. and it's only because I haven't looked or clicked or engaged yeah. that yeah. it's gone out of my feed so now I'm back to enjoying accounts again yeah that's a good tip you spoke of interiors there oh yeah yeah, I'm so we, excited yeah. for this bit. Oh, Lily has already discussed kitchens, bathrooms, sinks, doorknobs, everything with Clemmy. I'm so excited. <laughs> we started with this. Should we talk about where we are now and then we'll move into like another room? Is this your office? This is the adult sitting room slash study. Is it literally like a no kids zone? Yeah, no kids allowed in here. Oh my God. It's Dreams. gorgeous. You've got no. panelling on the walls. Yeah. This is that. a gorgeous kind of... Farrenbull railings? No, it's not as dark as railings. Dark it's downpipe. Down, yeah. Oh, I was, oh, was going to guess that. This room is painted this colour, but in a different finish. And when we moved in, like the walls were quite marked, and it was that very chalky finish. Yeah. So we repainted it. We copied Farrenbull's and took it to the uh, paint shop, and then it's got a slight sheen. I think it's like a matte emulsion. Yeah. We had the panelling put on the wall because the room's really tall because it's got these high ceilings, and I wanted like this picture wall. But then I didn't want another one there. So I was like, what am I going to do with that space? And then a friend who's an interior designer was like, why don't you panel it? And it also helped with the acoustics because the ceilings are so tall, it gets quite echoey. It's amazing. So we've got the panelling on one side, the gallery wall on the other. Yeah. While we're in the stream, can we talk about gallery walls? Yes. They're, they're tricky. Tricky. Any gallery wall tip? <laughs> this is my you... second gallery wall I've ever done. Oh, really? Do yeah. you use those strips or do you nail them in? We've gone full nail. I, I got nails. so full many nail. DMs about those strips. I People think... are always telling me to use them and I don't trust and them. And then I got scary, like, like stories, horror stories. About them falling off yeah. the wall, yeah. So in our old house, when we moved in six years ago, we did a gallery wall of just black picture frames, which was quite apt then. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was a very clear, you had that line in the middle... 
Simon loves symmetry and hates anything that's a little bit off symmetry. So this Stresses sent him, him <laughs> to another level. That's from a car boot sale. That's Dolores. She's oh no, she's from a secondhand vintage shop actually. So we're gonna have to describe because obviously people can't see what oh, we can yeah. see. Oh yeah. So uh, she is like she's a beautiful like a, lady. She's, she's a, a ballerina oh, wow. with great boobs. The girls think it's really funny. Dolores and her <laughs> boobies. <laughs> Um, in a kind of open frame. It's a painting. Those flowers in that battered frame, that was from a car boot sale. That was from a charity shop. My granny... Like a little tapestry. So I've just been collecting like lots and lots of prints. I was like, how am I going to make it go? Because in theory, it, it shouldn't go. It shouldn't work. But it does. I was in a shop in London at the opening of... It was the Bowdoin shop on the King's Road and they've got an amazing picture gallery wall as you go down the stairs. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. And they were talking about the ideas behind it. And then Simon and I went to a hotel. We had like a grown-up night away earlier this year. And we were in, we were having breakfast. It's the addition. What's the, what's it called? Burner's Tavern. Tavern. Yeah, and they've got that incredible. Yeah. Well, it's quite that feel in here, actually. Yeah, yeah. nice. They've got the gallery. They've got all the pictures. Yeah, and I was like, look, you know, look how it can look. And he was like, oh, okay. So we just... We pretty much just laid them all on the floor. This room is empty. The only thing we did was we made sure the top pictures were all... I think that's the only rule you need to have. Right. Well, I say rule. You can do whatever. It's interiors. No, but it works. It looks it tidy. Works. But then everything else. But we moved them around loads. Like, lots of them I got framed professionally. So they've got, like, proper string on the back. Because pictures oh, wow. do hang it's, better when you do them. It's so beautiful. It's a real, like, statement in the room. And I think because they're all really different and I love them for all different reasons and they've all got a story. Like, I won't get bored. Mm. No. Oh, it's so beautiful. And then your desk here kind of looks out and yeah. it's so nice and bright over here. Yeah, I wanted to um, have a space because, so this is a big bay window. I wanted to sit and look out. I couldn't bear sitting against a wall. It's too depressing mm. if you're working. It's really light, but I still feel like it's quite private because we've got shutters and then we've kept, those like blinds were here and we've kept them... This is actually not an original mid-century piece of furniture. So I wanted to mix it up. That, like, bureau slash gin bar in There's Loads of Gin. <laughs> I wanted to, like, put our books there because I thought it would be quite funny. Just what you need in your office is a gin bar. Gin bar. <laughs> <laughs> this is old. This was a real... We upholstered this. This is a family chair. That This was my okay. husband grannies that we upholstered. Oh, but then, green but then these are, like, modern. So I love, like, the teal velvet armchair. And then there's, like... Pink, the blush These pink. are West Elm. Yeah, they're West Elm. West Elm. They're gorgeous. Like a blush pink with a metal arm. Oh. Okay, so if we were to move into another space, yeah. what's like another favourite area or room you have in the house? It's a builder's site, so we can't go in there, but we're currently doing up our family sitting room, but we've finished the playroom, so we could go in there. <gasps> yes. And that's where yes. we all hang at the moment, because that's the only place at the TV. So this room is not, no screens or only a laptop. Ooh, no like TV or anything. I just wanted music and obviously a laptop. But in the evening, Simon and I sit in here. It's so nice. Well, you must feel a bit like you're like, yeah, we're proper adults. Yeah, we've got like, our shit together. Get a cigar and some. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just such a happy room. Yes. Again, more prints on the wall, which I love this like polka dot rainbow one. Again, Simon couldn't quite cope with the um, mix of, <laughs> well, because that third picture is a black frame. So this whole house was a doctor's surgery. So then the previous owners converted it from a doctor's surgery to their home. Oh, wow. And then we've now taken it into a family home. So she was an artist. 
So this was her art studio and she also made oh. made jewellery. So this room was a bit of a like mess. We knew that we wanted a playroom for the children and we were lucky enough to have enough rooms to do it. We've never ever had that. It was just our house was always open and there was just toys. <laughs> and with four kids, we were like, well, we want them to have their own space. So we did this room first. So we had to, it was a bit crumbly. So like our builder had to like, you can't even see it. I can't even tell where it is, but I had to like redo some of the cornicing. I had to have like all this replastered. So then the colour for this room, I wanted the room to be really bright. I don't know why I was thinking like Mexican feel. It's <laughs> like a cactus in here, fake cactus. And um, our old house, it was all white and very pale grey. And this house, I just knew I wanted to have loads of fun with colour. And I was thinking the room that we can do this in is going to be the playroom. Just pick the brightest colour in the colour chart. <laughs> It's put it gorgeous. on the wall. My builder hated it. He was like, I really don't like that colour. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, you're going to have to paint. <laughs> and then when it was painted, he was like, oh, yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah, it's just like, this is all full of the kids' toys, just puzzled. The room's Lots of main- storage. Yeah, the room's mainly used by the twins. I love that sign, girls. Yes. Someone in Brighton made that for us. We had it in our old house. It is supposed to go on that wall, but... Wow. I think Simon, again, hates like putting things in walls. He like finds it really... <laughs> Yeah. He's like, I don't want to put a hole in the wall in case we don't. I'm like, no, no, we will. Yeah. So it's like a light up sign. Yeah, with, it's really yeah, light bulbs in there. Oh, oh that so is good. so good. It's real like beach vibes. Yeah, it's cool. It's bright. But we were on quite a budget for this room because, again, it's a playroom. So we didn't want to spend all our house money on the kids' room. I can still see some masking tape up there, which needs to be pulled down. <laughs> so, like, this sofa used to be an L sofa in our old house. Like, it's, if you look up closely, it's really dirty. And we did think about getting a new sofa, and we were just like, no way. Absolutely. No. How old are your twins? They're two and a half. Oh, no. No way. No. So we made it back into this shape, and then I've just been adding loads of really... Silly cushions. It's just nice and colourful, and I'm really desperately trying not to play with the wooden kitchen. The mini kitchen. My... The idea. Oh, the I love it. Like, I can so imagine you when you were a kid, like organising your mini kitchen. Oh, I did. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, I yeah. did the dolls' houses, which is why I think I love doing like house stuff. But the TV is quite a big feature. It's quite big. So my like thing is like you can see the bookshelf on the wall. That's my like. They can just take some books down if they want to look at books <laughs> and not always watch TV. <laughs> But they do, they play in here for ages, like, they really play in here, and it's, yeah, it's lovely for them to have the space. It's lovely to have the space. And you just talked about how everything has a name. Oh, yeah. So how many things are named in this room? We've got a llama, like, on the wall in the corner. Lucinda the llama. Yeah. She came from an Etsy company, (laughs) and I just loved her. The other room, like, the plant was called Frank, which is weirdly what Erica Davies calls her big plant. How funny. We've got a palm called Pete. <laughs> I just, I think it's great to give, like, names to plants. Yeah. I just think it's crazy. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. That's why my plants are all dying, because I'm not naming yeah, them. Yeah, you need to give them a bit of love. <laughs> yeah. Name them. We've got Frida on our cushion here. Oh, yeah. We've great. just got a home sense that's open, like, down here. Oh. Dangerous. Oh, dangerous. I literally pop in there for a towel. Oh. I came out, I had a trolley. <laughs> oh. Normally I take along the little pulley. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. you need the trolley. Our girlfriends came today, so I went and bought some new guest <laughs> towels and came out with this massive trolley. Oh my God, because when it's good, it's good. Like oh, if you get there on a good day. It's good at the moment, guys. Oh my God, I need to go. And they're different wherever you go. Yeah. Yeah, these are all in at the moment. I'm oh. thinking of buying another one with the peacocks on. Oh, I love oh, Sorry, those. I digress. <laughs> so when did you move into this house? End of October. Oh, And wow. it was freezing we used to live in a really modern house 
in London, a modern townhouse, which is warm and insulated and not drafty. And we never had any period features. And I was like, all I want is period features. And we moved in, it was freezing. And you could hear the wind blowing up the chimney and... Yeah, like bloody period features. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this move is really... Because it was like my idea to move. I had to kind of convince the whole family. Yeah, how long did it take to come to that? To moving out of London? Yeah, like... well, we just we had literally just outgrown the house. We were completely at maximum capacity. The twins just tipped it over the edge for us. <laughs> Simon didn't grow up in London and I did. So it was always about finding that compromise. Once we decided we need to move because our eldest daughter was coming to the end of her junior school time. And I was like, I can't move her in senior school. It's too, it, it'll be too traumatic. Yeah. She'll be in therapy and blame me for everything. <laughs> <laughs> she blames me for everything anyway. So. <laughs> so then we were going to move to Bristol, which is where my husband is and is from and his family are there. We put our house on the market and London was just having a really bad, I think it's still, I don't know if it's coming back up now, but nothing was selling. Mm. So they were like, oh yeah, we'll just do like an open morning and you'll probably get like seal bids and we got nothing. I was just like, what? Mm. So we were looking at houses in Bristol and then Bristol at the time had just been voted the best city in the UK to live in. It was like the world was against us. <laughs> so we were going to these open days in Bristol with everyone from London with yeah. kids and then we couldn't sell our London house and it was awful and we were putting bids in the houses and it was getting to that point where we were like we can't actually afford this or we're not even getting that much more for our money so we came back to London and just kind of cried a river and Simon was like well we'll just have to stay in London and we didn't like the senior schools that our daughter would have gone to if we'd stayed in London and then my family are from down here so I didn't want it to be like it was for my family because it's difficult when you're split in terms of geographical location. Yeah, I'm on right move all the time, and well, I'm not now, but I'm on right move all the time, and it just, like, this house was just there. I, like, typed it in in the area, and it just came up, and it was like, oh, my God. I, like, <laughs> I came and saw it the next day without my husband, without Simon. And we just, just ran here. You're like, no, it's, yeah, I'm not I getting I phoned up the estate agents, and they were like, yeah, we could show you tomorrow. And my brother, he works in property, and his business is in Margate. So I was like, can you meet me? I like drove down here with the twins, saw the house that I knew from like just walking in the front door. I was like, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna buy this I house. I love that. That's, That's such like a love feeling. story. I like Paul Simon. He was like, well, I haven't even seen it. And I was like, can you see it next week? And he couldn't see it for ages. Oh, no. And it was really stressful. But it was meant to be. Yeah. And, and then we lost here. two buyers on our house. Oh. It almost wasn't our house. Oh. I know. That chain. I know. People dropping out at all. So how done was the house? Like, what have you done? What was already like this? We've done this room. So like I said, this was the art studio room. And yeah. we just wanted to get this room done, basically. And we did the, where we were sitting earlier, that was a dining room. So luckily we didn't have to do that much. We just repainted and panelled. And then the, this room behind us, which I can't show you today because it's all locked up and I haven't even got the key. <laughs> it's like the family sitting room and that's being finished in two weeks. So you're doing like room by room, gradually yeah. working your way around. And then the big the big one, your favourite one. The, the kitchen. Subject, the kitchen. <laughs> yes, we're having the same kitchen. Yes. So we're very excited about I know. that. I don't think we're going to have the same colours. No, I mean the same company. company. are doing it. But, so that gives me the biggest fear because I know how much... Because the kitchen is the hub, isn't it? It's just takeaway central I know. for as long as it takes to I'm just like, I'm going to be washing up in the bath. I've got a slow cooker and I think I'm going to buy one of those little hob tops. 
that you can oh, buy. Oh, Frugality yes. has one of those. Yeah, that's very helpful. I saw one. But um, we weren't going to do it this summer, the kitchen, because we thought, oh, well, it'll be easier. But then I just didn't want the whole kitchen being ripped out throughout the summer. Mm. And we've yeah. got like people... When you've got four kids. Four kids and then just nursery. friends are coming to stay all summer. So we're doing it in October. It's starting. I'm oh. fully like expecting hell, but... So I know exciting. it's always great in the end. Do you know what kind of kitchen you're having yet? Or are you no. still decide? <laughs> well, I know what I'm having. <laughs> yeah, My husband. I'm trying to convince him to get a pink kitchen. <gasps> he's not going for the pink cabinets, but I think he's agreeing to some pink tones. Mm. It's not that he doesn't like pink. I just think he feels, I just managed to put pink in everywhere. Yeah, he's like, I've got four daughters. Like, I can I please have a blue cabinet? If you had an island, you could do that a different colour to the rest. I know, oh, there's yeah. so pink many. Island. Yeah. Or like a pink kitchen aid. Know. You know, all your side bits. We're really lucky with the space. We've got a big utility room, which is actually the size of most people's small kitchen. We're going to make that really fun, the utility room. And yeah, I've got some good ideas for that. Clemmy, can we move in, please? Yeah! <laughs> It's never this tidy and quiet. You've obviously come on like the best day. It's so tidy. Well, I'll do a full tour afterwards. Oh my God, don't tease us with that. The upstairs is very exciting. How do you find living here compared to London? I wrote a blog post actually for my friend blog called Mother of All Lists about moving out of London because I think it's quite a big subject once you've had kids. I am a Londoner, so I always thought it would be harder for me, but I've actually settled, I think. I'm, I'm surprised. I wasn't, I didn't cry. I wasn't upset moving from like London to a small town we moved in the winter so it was really cold and everything's like shut like we live quite near Margate and I was like well Margate's quite cool and nothing's open like literally all those like cool foodie places everything is just shut in the winter now it's the summer it's amazing (laughs) because we're just on the beach every weekend barbecues friends come down do you know what it's really not as scary as I thought it would be moving out like, you guys got the train. It's so fast, that train, yeah. into London. I can sometimes get into London quicker than when we lived in south-east London and getting into central London, which is just bonkers. That's yeah. nuts. And the people are so lovely. Like, we've met such cool people, really good friends, like, new, like, mum and dad friends through the kids' school. We just love finding new things living down here all the time. When we lived in London, we never did that. I mean, how many people actually do all the cool stuff when they live in London. You just don't, because you just don't have time. Yeah. You just stay in your little... Lily's quite good at yeah, it. I haven't yeah. got kids. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, I try to. If you're going to live in London, if you're going to live in a smaller place and have that kind of... You have to reap the benefits. Otherwise yeah. Otherwise, yeah. what's the point? Like, there's loads but, of, like... There's no Uber here. No delivery. Oh. And initially, I was like, that's annoying. But actually, it's not. Like, where you are, I think when you're in your home, in your dream home, yeah. that's all that really matters. If you've got family nearby as well, did you say your brother's nearby? Yeah, my mum. My mum lives in Whitstable. It's great. It's really, really great. And we've now got a space where we can host. So, like, when my husband's family come and stay, they can stay for, like, a good couple of nights. We're not on, like, putting my father-in-law on, like, a kind of pull-out bed. Like, they've got an actual space. (laughs) You're like, you can have the lilo. Yeah, exactly. Can you share the sitting room? (laughs) I know, we were so obsessed about having, like, a spare room for people to stay. So, in my office, I've got, like, a sofa bed. No one stayed. No. no one stayed. I didn't. No, all I my really, friends have kids now. They can't I stay. I will night. stay. I promise you, I will stay on the sofa. Better. I will. Oh, you're the only one. The <laughs> spare room is one of my favourite rooms. I haven't done the spare room yet, but I can't wait to like 
get it all done. Yeah. You can be, I think you can be a bit more fun with the spare room. Definitely. You spoke earlier about where you like to get things from. Oh, yeah. You said about home sense. Yes. <laughs> where are your other favourite places to buy interiors? There's loads of vintage and antique shops around here. There's absolutely loads. So I go to those all the time. I'm terrible at shopping in like vintage. Like, do you have any tips? Do you just like see if you, anything sparks joy? <laughs> I'm quite decisive. So I use Pinterest a lot for getting a room together. Like this is like the first kind of interiors house we've ever done. And I try not to be too influenced by what I see on social media, which sounds like a bit of a weird thing to say, but I just... Like, I grew up in a home that my mum was always really into interiors. Like, she collects antique toys, like tiny toys. She has this really cool cabinet. So our house, when people used to come to our house, they were always really interested in looking at things. I'm really tidy, but I like having things. I want people to sort of be interested in, like, oh, where's that from? And that's really interesting. So I like collecting things along the way. Like, when I was talking to you about that picture wall, there's pictures I've bought in junk shops years ago that I thought, one day I'll put that up. You know, social media is brilliant. Like, Pinterest is amazing for getting a room idea, but I don't want it to look like... I would hate for someone to be like, I'm going to just copy that room. (laughs) Like, you want your own... Because it's your personality, your home. Mm. I just love going to junk shops. If I see something and it's unique, I will buy it, as long as it's obviously not millions of pounds. (laughs) If it's a bargain, I'm a sucker. Because I think it's like, if it's that one-off piece and you love it, you will find somewhere in your home for it to look really cool. Yeah. And Simon is very, very easygoing when it comes to stuff like that. Like when I bought Lucinda the Llama Head from Etsy, <laughs> he was a bit like, what the hell? And I was like, trust me, it's going to work in the room. I just knew that it would. And then <laughs> my Lara Duke cactus. I wanted to put real plants in here, but I can't because it's a playroom. Love that cactus. Is that what it's from? Yeah, it's from Lara Duke. And I was just like, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of... I don't, like, um and ah about stuff for that long. Like, if I'm shopping for anything, clothes, for the kids or me or for the home, I'm just like, I love that. I will make it work somewhere in my home. And sometimes an entire room can be focused over one thing I've bought, which is a bit mental. Like, the sitting room that we're doing at the moment, I've already bought the sofa and armchair. It was the first thing I picked. We bought them in January. Because yeah, they take, like, years to come. They still haven't arrived. <laughs> they're coming... It's unbelievable. How they're long coming they this take? month. <laughs> So the whole room had to be based on two colours and two styles. And Simon was like, how are you ever going to decide? I was like, well, I have to now because I've, I've ordered the sofa and the armchair. Yeah. I think you just have to take risks. And also, like, I've, we haven't done any knocking through type stuff yet. That's a next project I'll show you upstairs, the things we're going to do. And that's a bit more, like, structural. And that's when I get a bit like, oh, OK, I'm not sure. But Simon's really good at designing rooms and things like that. He'll draw them up and then I kind of do the interiors. You're a team. I can never decide if if it's better to have a husband that likes to get involved or one that's... Anna's husband, Mark, like has a really strong opinion down to like the colour of bedside tables. Mm. Whereas like my husband, Rich, kind of like... I feel like I could convince him of anything. Like I just painted my whole bedroom pink and he's like, I love it. I'm like, cool. Really? That's good. Yeah, Simon's more about like... Yeah, like the practical side and how, like I was saying, he likes symmetry and yeah. how things are going to work. He sounds a bit like Mark. Yeah, he And he loves DIY. Mark. Like his dad basically <laughs> yeah. did up all their houses. Whereas Rich tries to put up a picture on a wall and the whole wall falls oh, down. Oh, God. <laughs> like whenever we have workmen in, like builders, Simon just stands and watches them for ages. I'm like, because I'm just learning what to do. Oh. He would do this whole house, but we haven't got time. Yeah, that's he would what never get done. Mark is like, I think I'm going to learn how to plaster. And I'm like, when? You I work know. like at eight till six o'clock. I like, know. when are you going to be able to plaster? I think he's, he did loads in our old house, but we haven't got as much time. 
a completely selfish question from me to round things off. Twins run in my family. <laughs> <laughs> the real, like the twins, the, the jump generation twins. Oh, twins. Yeah. And I've got 11 cousins. So oh, I feel God. like... Are you Irish? No, we're yeah. not Irish. Bizarrely, my, my grandma had four kids and then everyone's really procreated from that. So there's oh, 11 God. of us. If my oh. four kids have four kids each... <gasps> That's huge. 16. That's too many grandchildren to babysit. I know. And then if one of them end up having twins, basically oh. advice for people who have twins, maybe who are in this situation where <laughs> either me or my cousins, it's going to happen. Are you worried about us. it? I quite like the idea. <laughs> I like the idea if it was my first one, because then I'd just be like, here you go, I'm done. Drop the mic, I've had my two children. Then if drop the mic. Yeah, yeah, drop the mic. But then if it's the second or the third, you know, you could, I could end up with four kids. Who knows? I just don't have any advice apart from just like ask for help, accept the help, accept that life isn't going to be easy. I don't know if it's easier to have twins first or if you're an experienced parent. I don't, you know, there's pros and cons to both of them. My friend is expecting twins. She has one daughter. She texted me this morning about buggies, about what twin prams to get. And I gave her my advice. And I said to her, the one I advised is quite wide, but I said to her, there's not a lot of sitting in cafes when you've got twins. <laughs> so, like, even though you might not be able to get in the door of, like, your local cafe, it's not going to be a problem. Oh and God. she was like, you've actually given me really good advice, <laughs> even though I'm now really terrified. <laughs> it's not like one baby and you're on maternity leave. And you, I remember being really annoyed that I couldn't get into, like, coffee shops with a big pram. I was like, God damn it! I just wanted one tiny pram. I think that when my grandma had the twins, there wasn't really even. No, they probably they would, just put two in one. Yeah, pram. they'd be in a in a kind of big bassinet type yeah. thing with one on each side, and she would feed one with like one hand and then bounce yeah, one in. Oh, that yeah, was you just you just make it happen. Just ask for the help. I mean, there's more twins now, especially with like IVF. More people have IVF. Just we just asked for help from family. From my mum, she was amazing. She came and helped when the twins were tiny, and just low expectations on everything. <laughs> and name badges? Does that help? <laughs> yeah, well, yours well, is so identical. Because Simon can't tell them apart. That's amazing. I love. I that. mean, a hundred percent. That is a truth. He cannot tell them apart. So how does he? Because he asks them now. Because they can <laughs> they're tell. They're going to trick who, him who so you? bad. Yeah. Which one are you? Yeah. The other day, I called <laughs> Rotley Delilah, and then Rotley went, "No, me, Ottie." So they correct us. Basically, buy a house that your family can stay in. I mean, no one expects twins, <laughs> though. That's the thing. Who knows? So there you have it. Clemmie Hooper, Mothers of Daughters. Told you guys it was a nice episode. Told you guys you'd love her. You can find Clemmie online at gasandairblog.com and also at mother underscore of underscore daughters on Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes and listen on Acast if you want to see the photos. Sound of production by Amy Elizabeth. And that is it. Have a great week. I'm sure you'll have a really raving weekend like we did. <laughs> and we'll see you next week with a brand new episode of At Home With. Oh, we're going to <laughs> Amita. <laughs> oh, back to the island. Just fade us out, Amy. Fade us out. <laughs> <laughs>